Hello and welcome to another episode of FireDev, a fireside chat with great people in the industry. And today I have Alexander Popovich with me. Thank you for joining us, Alexander. Thanks a lot. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, good stuff. And so first of all, just want to ask, you know, how are you doing? How has your week been so far? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. The uh, first months of uh, this year... Uh, happened to be much busy, busier than expected. Uh, so I, I guess it might be a smooth transition. Uh, I'm uh, working in an outsource uh, studio uh, for, that makes uh, game assets. So um, it, there, there is much more movement, I guess, in game industry than I expected. So I'm quite busy, uh, but I'm quite, quite fine and uh, happy to discuss some fun stuff with you. Okay, good stuff. And what's it like working, you know, in Kiev for a Ukrainian company whilst, you know, this war is going on? Well, um, it's definitely uh, very unique. Uh, I happened to think about this uh, for a while um, last year uh, since uh, when I was preparing the report for um, like how we've did uh, the 2022 year in our studio. I was very amazed by uh, the fact that even though uh, so many of our specialists are in Ukraine and going through uh, a lot of tough uh, situations, uh, we happen to grow quite a lot in uh, roommate studio. And um, it definitely shows how no matter what uh, difficulties uh, come around to um, Ukrainians specifically, um, we find many ways to go through it. And uh, naturally, the most difficult part is uh, the power outages, well, other than just violence. Uh, and um, a lot of our artists uh, were looking for uh, um, ways to um, have enough power to get, like, to meet all of the deadlines that we promised. Um, so it was quite challenging because we, we tried to find, like, uh, how do they call them, like uh, batteries, the power generators. Uh, we uh, were looking for appropriate co-working places that where we might have uh, generators. Uh, definitely, like, um, each specialist uh, um, tried to do their best uh, just by themselves to find an appropriate place. Uh, but uh, our uh, studio also helped a lot with some, like, additional compensations and such. So... Uh, it was definitely very challenging and it is quite like we definitely are proud of the fact that even though we had these uh, problems, um, we end uh, like we are in such a unique situation in, um, I guess, in the whole world with an IT company going through this. We did quite well and uh, we definitely hope this year would be a little easier. And I think just the stuff that we've gone through, we uh, we passed the stress test, and uh, this year should be even more exciting uh, about it. Okay. So can you compare your life now to just before the war? Just before the war how has it changed? Um, so um, just the fact uh, since uh, the last February 2022, um, naturally, the uh, alarms and uh, sirens for air raids were just a part of our routine. 
and uh, it is very varied on how how different people um, approach this because uh, many people try to get into uh, shelters as soon as possible every time but many people just got used to it and were just in, in the mood of like if i'm gonna die i'm gonna die not big deal uh, it's it's just my fate or something uh, so it is just um, it is um, changed our lives in a way that um, the uh, the horrors that we are going through every day just got uh, part kind of started to be a part of our life and we are trying to um, get used to it um, definitely not fun and we hope to come back to a uh, uh, peaceful time but um, I think the unity of um, just our, our nation and the friends abroad um, really helped us to go through it. And I guess as for some specific things, uh, even though we had so many problems, I think it um, got us much more motivated overall. And uh, um, every Ukrainian seemed to feel like they're a part of something very big and special and important. So um, I wish to, and I, I'm kind of thinking sometimes that I wish to come back to, you know, more peaceful times, the easier times to, um, to you know, um, I guess it's, it's not very good exchange when you are having so many problems, but you have, you know, additional motivations and unity and, and uh, culture also prospers on, on that. Uh, but it definitely doesn't sound worth it. It's just something we ho have to go through. And um, the the life, uh, it's not like life completely changed. It just we need to do the same, but twice as, as hard, I guess. Okay. So when, you know, it all started in February last year, you was at GSC. GSC had a relocation program for its employees. Uh, I got two questions. Did Room 8 have anything similar? And why did you choose not to relocate? Because you were at GSC, which I know definitely had a relocation program. So, um, to be honest, um, it might be your data a little uh, is different, actually, uh, from uh, the actual stuff. I did relocate with GSC, and I am actually uh, living in Warsaw right now. Um, okay. Uh, I wish definitely, yeah, like every month, I'm thinking I wish to come back to Ukraine, but there are quite a bunch of uh, reasons not to. And one of the biggest ones is, uh, of course, uh, um, power outages. And if I'm not being as effective as I can be in my job, um, it's definitely not good for business and just for overall economics uh, of Ukraine. Uh, but uh, roommate definitely had uh, something very similar. Uh, we uh, basically, um, if GSC tried to... Um, actually, the, the approaches are very similar. Basically, we are just very centered on one, what each specific person wants. And uh, many of people in roommate and in GSC as well uh, ha has decided to go to... Um, army and defend our nation uh, and um, we left them with uh, kind of the same salary and stuff and they still are in our uh, company officially uh, but other than that we were quite um, close to every person in their decisions and whoever uh, decided to stay uh, mainly like there are um, 
there are many reasons that there might be, uh, but we definitely stayed on their side and provided uh, them with everything we can, as well as we provided uh, the people who decided to relocate with uh, everything we could uh, financially. And our um, roommate in GSC, I believe as well, also helps a lot on in legal department, uh, trying to set up uh, the appropriate uh, business entities in the country. So uh, it would be more comfortable to go through it but the just the fact of living in a different country and uh, so far from homeland uh, definitely kind of is uh, pressure i guess emotionally um, i hope uh, it sounds reasonable to tell that emotionally it is very similar just to not feel uh, at home as much as you know feel danger where you are in home so it's kind of no matter where you are ukrainians are uh have a lot of emotional troubles and stress to go through. But our uh, companies, uh, many IT companies, including JC and uh, uh, Roommate, are really helpful and understanding of uh, all of our decisions. Okay. So you relocated with GSC. Um, did you relocate? When did you relocate? Because obviously it all went down in February. You were at GSC till April. When did you relocate with GSA? Uh, so um, there were like a, a lot of uh, rumors on uh, like before the war started and uh, our uh, company recommended to um, um, get their help with the relocation, uh, with the buses and such uh, to uh, go across the border uh, right before uh, the war started. Um, try, trying to make sure the mails uh, specifically uh, goes through it because it would be much difficult after the uh, war has started. So we relocated in uh, like about the end of February, right before the war. Uh, and uh, after then, um, it wasn't like um, everyone like had something specific in mind. I mean, uh, it's not like everyone was sure that, hey, here's the plan, we're going to follow it, and it's going to be a success. Um, all of the companies were trying to find uh, an appropriate way to make sure the business is still um, like um, profitable and it is possible to balance out the uh, human and business aspect of this stuff. Uh, but it just so happens that um, the... Uh, the terms of work definitely uh, definitely changed uh, in JCE and uh, considering my uh, um, family situation, I understood that it would be more appropriate to find another place to work. Although I am very grateful to JC for helping out with relocation and I'm really excited to uh, see uh, Stalker 2 uh, come out uh, whenever possible and I'm still quite in touch with the team. They're doing awesome job and uh, I'm really excited about them. Um, but And it's kind of a shame because um, it is a lot of very useful experience to work in the outsource company that I'm doing in right now. But I think many people who uh, would may also talk a, a little on their experience with outsource companies, it is natural to for us to uh, kind of think at, the, at some point that uh, working together on someone or I, I mean some specific product is definitely much more 
exciting and uh, you know meaningful um, compared to working on in outsource company. So I think about this sometimes, but uh, Roommate provides uh, amazing experience that I hope to use uh, in the future for even bigger things. Uh, and um, I'm uh, really excited about Stalker 2. Really hope to play it at some time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't wait for Stalker 2 as well. <laughs> right. I remember playing the you know the first free game. So, yeah, you worked at GSC. What did you specifically do there on Stalker 2? Uh, so, I was project manager and I was in charge in um, making, uh, organizing uh, all, all uh, art production. So, uh, any 3D modeling uh, of uh, characters or environments. So I was uh, planning uh, the uh, the agile system that we had over there. Um, the um, what what other thing I can say about it? Well, basically, um, it was all about uh, trying to make sure that the work is as effective as possible and make sure to balance out the priorities comparing uh, on the pipeline, considering that all of the assets that we produce are going to be used in a variety of ways. Uh, there were a lot of uh, very interesting um, developments in just how company uh, got used to uh, working over there. So it was quite a learning experience. Uh, both for me and uh, many of our colleagues in GSC, but uh, there were a lot of progress in uh, 2021 when I was uh, working there. And um, I, I believe that it contributed to even more progress that I see uh, from last year. Uh, so the latest uh, trailer, I believe, uh, had so many gameplay sections uh, in Stalker 2. And um, it really... Um, uh, it was quite a happy moment for me because a lot of stuff that I've seen in the trailer, I just saw that they finally came together, all of the stuff that I contributed to and uh, my uh, colleagues as well. Um, so, yeah, basic project management. Um, that's uh, That was the main field of work for me there. Okay. And so you work at Room 8 now. What do you do at Room 8? And how does that differ to the work you did at GSC? Uh, so in Room 8, I'm currently um, subdivision director for 3D character subdivision. Uh, so basically, I have a, a big team of uh, very skilled um, 3D character artists, and uh, I'm uh, sort of a business partner for the studios that we work with, and um, I um, basically prioritize uh, a, a prioritize the um, plans with our clients to make sure they are effective both for the studio and for the client, uh, select the projects that we are working on, um, uh, and uh, sort of uh, trying to... Um, uh, ba basically, um, a lot of stuff that I'm involved in ha uh, are also done by uh, many of my colleagues. So, for example... Um, there are a lot of projects, but I'm not managing all of them. There are art producers, that, which are basically project managers that manage the projects themselves. They also help out with estimating uh, new orders that might, might come in. Uh, and uh, I am there to uh, basically course correct on uh, what is the most um, 
the best for the uh, growth of the team uh, of like each specific individual and uh, um, the making sure that the uh, orders that we uh, that we do with our clients are profitable. Um, so it is quite a big sort of job when when you're trying to um, form it like in in some sentences. But uh, mainly, I'm just trying to course correct in the best way in trying to approve the best decisions that the the highest one in um, uh, in the area of <clears throat> 3D characters subdivision. Uh, but other than that, um, all of the main work, of course, is done by uh, the team managers that I help out with man- managing the, some specific teams, uh, the art producers who manage specific projects. So I also help out to them. And um, uh, as for the difference with uh, JSC, um, basically, if when, when I worked on Stalker, we had... Uh, uh, basically one team that do different stuff, but all for the same goal of creating one product. Uh, but here in Roommate, um, I, instead of working on one project, I am uh, trying to uh, work with capacity of our uh, team to uh, be um, effective enough to do multiple projects at once. Uh, and uh, also making sure when we might have like not enough projects for some people that they the people that are free are doing the most uh, important stuff like portfolios um, when they're uh, when they're available um, yeah and uh, looking for some uh, so f- by the way um, I didn't also mention one uh, one more important <clears throat> position that uh, helps me out. Uh, those are uh, business developers who actually uh, search for clients and uh, uh, negotiate the um, like the biggest you know parts of our um, orders and help out with agreements. So as you see, there, it's a, like a whole complex system. But as it is said in my position, I'm the director, so. Um, I am basically approving of uh, some of specific decisions and course correcting to make sure that the team itself is uh, growing in a correct pace and contributing to the um, other um, subdivisions in a big uh, roommate group. Uh, uh, just a, an interesting trivia. Um, uh, I'm working in Roommate Studio, but it's actually a part of Roommate Group who also makes... Uh, Mm, uh, who also has uh, some other companies who handle um, QA testing, uh, programming of uh, AAA or mobile kind of projects. So uh, the, the uh, our company is uh, growing quite a lot and it's quite exciting. So, uh, but but basically, I'm kind of in charge of uh, 3D characters team uh, specifically. Okay, and at Room Eight, what games have you worked on? So obviously, roommate has worked on a lot of games. Which ones have you yeah. specifically been part of? Um, so, um, uh, I, uh, as I said, I um, I joined e- only last year, and the projects that we work on naturally to take quite a long time. So, unfortunately, the stuff that I'm working on now that isn't released yet. I wish to talk about, but I can't. And as for the released projects already, uh, they just happen to um, to be finished uh, uh, by the time when I um, joined the team. 
so as f- that that kind of makes me uh, in this tough situation where I work on a lot of cool stuff that I can't talk about yet, but the stuff that already I can talk about wasn't done was done by my team, but not with me on board. Uh, as for the stuff that uh, I did work on, uh, let me think. So. Um, so that space uh, recently came out, and we did quite a lot of uh, cool work over there. Um, okay, well, yes. what, what work did you do on Dead Space? Because I bought that. Uh, <laughs> I remember playing the original Dead Space. I love that game. Although I'm, um, I did have like some experience just with modeling in general. I wasn't uh, like a, a part which actually created the product since they, those are artists and I'm just the manager. So um, I uh, communicated with the client uh, just on uh, how to approach the uh, the conditions of our terms, basically. So. As much as I wish to talk about art parts of the project, unfortunately, I can't just because I'm not uh, like an art lead, you know. Uh, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm also um, thinking uh, for some time that uh, it just so happens that although project management was kind of a, my um, my own decision on uh, selecting my profession, I'm definitely more of an art person, kind of. That's why uh, when I'm working specifically on uh, with like with numbers, with spreadsheets and with um, you know, like uh, communicating with clients, uh, it definitely doesn't sound as exciting as uh, creating some specific uh, part of uh, like art part of the game. Um, but um, the good part is, I guess, is that I often uh, just um, in in touch with uh, uh, many of industry professionals, and they are also quite excited about the quality that we provide. So it uh, definitely makes me proud. But when it comes to just uh, specifically what I did in this project, I guess the of it. Uh, but other than that, um, I guess that's pretty much it. Okay, fair enough. And in Poland right now, do you work remote or office-based? And how has that changed since the war started? Um, so just so happens uh, that uh, Roommate Studio mostly works uh, remotely. As far as I know, uh, we moved to working mostly remotely for uh, most amount of specialists. Uh, in time of uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, and uh, it seems to be going well so far. Uh, and that's why uh, both me and many artists and many managers that we have on board uh, work remotely, um, other than uh, working in co-working sometimes. Uh, we have an office uh, in Warsaw that I visit uh, sometimes. Um, it's uh, uh, quite a, a comfy space, let's say. Uh, but uh, naturally, there are um, benefits of working from home. So I'm kind of more into that for now. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I work from home and <laughs> it's definitely a lot better overall. For, in the benefits, like for, for you, what are the main attractions of working at home versus working in the office? Um, so uh, I definitely may say that... Uh, for me, it seems quite temporary to enjoy uh, work remotely. Um, 
because um, I remember um, some time ago when I just haven't had, like when I started my career, I haven't had much experience with working in an office. And it took me um, like one year to work remotely in sort of like startup kind of thing. Uh, when I felt like it is not enough and like I want to work with office to get this atmosphere and to be close to your colleagues. Um, so in these terms, I really believe the uh, working in office um, is sort of, um, is definitely a thing I'm looking for. It's just since uh, Remain specifically has so many people in so many different countries, uh, I'm, I'm just coming to office and understand that there are maybe like two people that I work with directly that I may uh, interact with. But uh, mostly I'm still bound to uh, video calls, so uh, it's not much help. Uh, and um, in JC, I mostly worked in office and I definitely was the kind of work, the kind of job that I was uh, always dreaming of. Um, I, I definitely kind of miss this and um, I guess even, I, I'm not sure, like I don't have many details, but I guess for uh, JSC, it's also kind of hybrid solution at the moment because many of the uh, of the artists uh, stayed in Ukraine and we got to have uh, video calls with them. Maybe they reopened the office, like I don't know about that. Uh, but um, currently, uh, as for... Um, the benefits of working from home, I believe, close to your family uh, as much as possible, especially in these troubled times. It just uh, is definitely good to be um, close to family, you know, in such uh, troubled times. Uh, other than that, uh, trying to work on my own schedule and uh, make and not having like uh, at least an hour of traveling time that you would need to go to office uh, is a um, good benefit of working from home. Uh, but the drawbacks kind of get worse uh, every month when you're, um, when you're feeling like your home is your job and mm -hmm. you can't escape it. Uh, definitely not a fan of that. So at some point I'm going to change it. Uh, but uh, overall... Um, that's do I'm doing quite well on uh, having a job from home so far. Okay, that's good. And how has the war affected development at Roommate, and how has Roommate handled it? Like, what things has it really just you know knocked it about with, and what things has you know, just stayed the same at Roommate? Uh, so our specialists are very talented and uh, very hardworking. Um, that's why um, when it came to what affected our uh, regular work, uh, it's just the fact that um, many of our artists uh, had to come in terms with the fact that uh, at least half of their days might be a power outage, so they can't do much. For some of them, we provided uh, laptops, but uh, um, there were also some difficulties in some areas for with delivery, and um, it, it also we had to reconsider the budget. So um, we we couldn't uh, provide all of our teammates 
that solved these problems on their own uh, while we were like trying to help uh, help out others. So some people uh, bought uh, solar panels. Some people needed uh, like not a laptop but uh, could have. Um, power generator so we helped financially where we could uh, at that as well uh, but mainly uh, many of our teammates um, uh, decided to uh, work uh, overtime uh, like at night or where, whenever the light uh, is on uh, to get their uh, stuff finished and uh, make sure we meet the deadlines um, and uh, so just just the motivation of our artist was the driving factor, I believe, of our uh, quite successful run uh, in the end of uh, last year. Um, speaking of the clients all over the world also understand our conditions and uh, many of them were really understand understanding and uh, tried to help out as much as they can as well and were uh, easy in deadlines as well. Uh, whenever possible so um, it's it basically it all came down to um, the personal communication both with the specialists and with the clients uh, to make sure we balance this out but it also means that uh, it is more work for uh, managers so uh, me and uh, my team of managers also had to um, over time uh, quite a bunch uh, just to meet all of the um, uh, possible uh, solutions to the problems that we had on hand. Okay. And do you know anyone that's been drafted? Uh, I do. Uh, there is definitely <clears throat> two people in my team who are uh, still uh, in um, on the front lines. Uh, uh, it's uh, said that... Um, some people that I know in roommate uh, that I haven't had a work relationship with because they're from the other teams, uh, but unfortunately passed away uh, because of the war. Um, and uh, other than that, <clears throat> I definitely know some people. And uh, considering that some of them uh, did uh, select to go to the army uh, just by uh, their decision, uh, but some of them were drafted because that's how it works. And uh, I believe they, as far as I know, they uh, are required to uh, serve only like for one year. So hopefully in March, we may have some people see um, uh, come to come back. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, it just so happens that both the our studio that like helps Ukraine's economy and the staff on front lines both kind of value at least the same if uh, if we're not saying that um, uh, the staff on the front lines is uh, much more important uh, it's it all comes together and it's just uh, happy news that uh, all of our um, Ukrainians after the war has started many, kind of even if they were had some kind of uh, pro-russian views before uh, many understood and, and many understand now how important our homeland is to us and that uh, there is no other place like home so um, 
I'm I'm quite confident about everyone's decisions, and that's why um, whenever like as soon as uh, the war started and even if like after that uh, some people uh, asked to <clears throat> to go to the army uh, we like didn't affect their decisions uh, in any way we understand them and try to um, change the plans or uh, that we have on hand uh, to make sure that uh, um, the people pursue what they think is most meaningful yeah that's fair enough I understand what you mean yeah. But obviously, it's it is a difficult time when you know you are you know drafted uh, and you know like I said, okay, so you were saying that they're only doing it mandatory for a year. So this, uh, so is Ukraine's government saying that after a year you can choose to leave the army? Is that correct then? Once you've been in there, it does sound correct, and uh, it's just the uh, basic procedure that we followed uh, in peaceful times. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I have belief that. Uh, Mm, there shouldn't be like any problem. So I have one of my friends also drafted uh, uh, specifically uh, like in these terms, meaning like uh, my friend didn't plan on going to the army himself. It's just he was drafted because of the system. Uh, and uh, he plans on uh, returning back to the society uh, in March. So I, uh, it would be an, a good uh, interesting, nice example of how it goes, but I don't believe there would be any chance to uh, for Ukrainian government to kind of like you know change the rules uh, last minute or something because um, there are a lot of movements currently in uh, the government in and in the army to kind of make um, make sure we are as humane as possible in our system with a balance of course in uh, like strate strategic sense because uh naturally many ukrainian uh, systems were kind of a, a legacy of uh, soviet union systems and uh, it is uh, it is very visible actually from the war that has started in 2014 uh that uh, there were many changes in our government and in our army to make sure we are kind of trying to think in it through uh, for real instead of just following the same systems that just everyone got used to. Uh, we are trying to, I mean, at least that's the feeling I'm getting from uh, seeing the news and uh, talking with uh, some of my friends that... Uh, Many of the stuff in the systems that we have so far, um, our government tries to uh, like come back to people and being reasonable enough with uh, uh, the terms in the army or like in any other you know law uh, related stuff. Um, so the country is definitely changing and um, it does seem for the best. So I don't believe, I don't have a reasons to believe that uh, something worse will happen and like uh, like some of our friends who served one year wouldn't be able to escape it. I'm quite confident they will. Okay, well, hopefully that's the case because a year is coming up for many people so we'll see, you know, what happens. Definitely happens then and it, it, it'll, it'll be i guess depending on the progress of the war as well so i guess the ukrainian government's hoping that the war will be in a better position where they can say okay yeah. we can release a bunch of people and have they said 
once they once somebody served a year will they as a male be able to leave the country because right now you know men can't really leave the country will they be able to have some sort of special freedom for leaving or will it be you don't have to fight on the front lines but you have to stay around just in case uh, that's quite a good question and uh, I definitely don't have an answer for it I'm feeling like it's uh, more likely they will not be able to leave but also I have I uh, know um, quite a bunch of people who have um, law uh, lawful reasons to uh, be able to leave the country so for example people with uh, many children or uh, with a disabled wife or something like that I uh, I hear that they are able to go through uh, borders successfully uh, there shouldn't be any problems with that but I don't know about like if it's uh, good enough if they served one year I guess by the logic they shouldn't be able to because uh, Ukraine still wants to have people in reserves um, but just in case yes just in case yeah I mean that makes sense so, Roommate, it's a Ukrainian company. Is it a big deal in Ukraine? Uh, like, is it one of those companies that just everyone knows about in Ukraine? Mm, uh, hard to tell, to be honest. So, for uh, if we are going to take uh, GSC as an example, um, I guess uh, maybe at least a half of people that you may uh, ask on the street if they know what stalker is, they might say that yes. Okay. If, if they are, if you ask them, uh, do you know what uh, GC is? They might not know because uh, I guess it's not as easy as just remembering stalker. Yes, of course not. Uh, and as I think it's kind of similar reason why it is a low chance uh, that uh, people, in, like many people in Ukraine, know roommate. Basically, the people who are into these industries, they might know, uh, but I guess it, it is sort of also more interesting that uh, roommate might be uh, more frequent to be known outside of Ukraine just because uh, we have lot, like lots of partners in game industry uh, know that uh, roommate is one of the best outsourcing companies. So um, there is a higher chance to get it in uh, like abroad to for, for people to know about roommate. Uh, but I don't believe there are many Ukrainians who do. Uh, we definitely ended up in some lists of uh, like most successful IT uh, companies in Ukraine or like game development companies. We are like in top five uh, around that. Uh, but uh, naturally, I'm pretty sure that <clears throat> other companies that are in top five also might not be known by Ukrainians. Uh, one of the reasons is that just uh, uh, the IT sector in Ukraine is very powerful, but I don't believe it's... Uh, like very popular you know you still have a lot of people uh i mean the the majority of people are still might be too old or too young to um, to be well versed in what's going on in it world in ukraine uh but other than that i guess it's it's a good thing to know that uh roommate is known uh, outside of ukraine quite well yeah i mean it is especially their games as well so yeah. and so what technologies, development, and project management techniques does Room 8 use that you see and you feel like really gives them the edge? 
Uh, um, don't want to brag too much about it, but go for it. Ex- brag all you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just stuff we want to hear. Uh, the, the, there is a lot of uh, useful stuff that we've got uh, coming from uh, many of our specialists. Uh, the new uh, approaches, uh, technologies that we use. Um, but uh, for me, uh, most of the stuff. I mean, the, the stuff that I mean, uh, new approaches and stuff are sort of like a details. I'm not, I didn't see much, you know, general changes in like uh, pipelines or ways to organize and manage. Uh, basically, we use uh, like all of the industry standards, uh, like uh, Atlassian products, like Jira or like Slack. Uh, we, uh, made quite a bunch of uh, various ways to um, to make our job easier in uh, spreadsheets. Um, but other than that, uh, there are a lot of, um, also like I just might, might not know, uh, many uh, cool stuff that just goes um, uh, like in parallel with me. Uh, but like in, in other departments of the company. Uh, but I use uh, my skills in uh, web development a lot uh, because, and like, I'm just uh, quite a good enough programmer for this. And that's why I'm uh, uh, seeing quite a lot of new solutions that might have not been seen by uh, regular project managers because usually you just go through some course uh, about project management and it's... Um, good enough to understand uh, what you should do uh, but since i'm uh, i'm a programmer uh, instead of looking at some app to use and understand that's the limit like i can't go like i can't make a new feature you know i'm actually the one person that does uh think that hey i'm gonna just make a new feature that is comfortable for me because i need it and that's why i use it uh, for quite a lot um in uh, Google Spreadsheets that we use mostly, uh, there is a really cool um, app script sort of uh, module where you can write your own uh, functions with JavaScript. And I used it a lot. Um, and uh, um, these are basically the, the best approaches that I may you know uh, suggest to any project managers that might uh, be... Um, looking into this profession or working in this profession more. If uh, if you are looking for some um, uh, additional boost to improve your skills, I think learning programming is just extremely useful skill. Uh, my <clears throat> uh, my sister was recently uh, looking for like a, a profession uh, uh, since she finished her school and. Um, and the first thing I, I said to her is that you got to learn programming. It's going to be useful wherever you're going to be. Like, even if, so, like, uh, at some point she wanted to go into um, some medical industry, some, like, uh, to, to be a doctor or something. And uh, even there, I, I said that, hey, even there, you, I, I'm pretty sure that programming will come in handy uh, somewhere. And uh, that's why I, uh, that's like a lot that I used in uh, GSC and Roommate. 
and uh, my uh, colleagues are quite happy about it because it basically uh, like I, I just try to make automated uh, everything that I can uh, and it naturally makes the some tedious automatic kind of stuff um, much easier for my colleagues uh, that I create these uh, features for. As, as well as I create this myself. So uh, I guess just uh, as, as a little example, uh, so we, we are using uh, for future planning uh, just the basic spreadsheets where uh, every um, where you have a list of artists and a list of day, I mean list of artists in the first row and, uh, and the dates in um, every column. And where we just write into the cell, what do we plan this artist to work on? And uh, the thing is, um, to uh, just the fact that this whole spreadsheet is very complex when you are working with a team of like 50 people and the plans of months ahead, um, it is... Uh, very difficult to comprehend and you got to make, you know, some additional uh, spreadsheets just to define what is the team for this project specifically. And you want to uh, count the fact that we have vacations, count the fact that we want the leading activities that take some time. There is a lot of complex stuff here. And that's why I uh, did my best to uh, make a script that kind of analyzes all of the stuff that we uh, put there. And... Uh, and uh, returns some uh, useful specific information on demand. Like I want to look at specifically this team and I want to make sure that there are no vacations that I didn't think of because like I got to have a replacement for this vacation, you know. So uh, before it was very difficult to work with multiple spreadsheets that are all got to be synchronized, but it is very difficult to synchronize all of them. And basically I made... It's possible for um, uh, for a script to do this kind of monkey job, and it really helps out and uh, uh, lets my managers to uh, use their time uh, more effectively on some more urgent matters. Okay, you had definitely good advice. So you were CEO of a company called A Little Bit Different Arts Corp. Tell us about that. Uh, so this is basically where my journey started. Um, I was, uh, by the end of school, I was very, very inspired by the game The Last of Us. And I also was uh, going into this uh, uh, brony fandom. Uh, and uh, I was very, very inspired by uh, what this fandom produced because there is a huge ton amount of artworks, the fan fiction, the uh the games that people also produce just by themselves. And I kind of wanted to sort of be a part of it. And I also understood that there is one idea that wasn't explored yet. And I like didn't know why. Uh, and that's, you know, when uh, that's the way I usually think about it. Uh, when I see something and I see the opportunity and I'm kind of want to see it in the world myself, uh, if not, if no one gonna do it, uh, I, I kind of plan myself to do it, and that's why I started uh, uh, right from then to um, learn about game development, and I had uh, an idea in mind of the game that I want to create, and it came out in uh, the project called Ambient, 
Uh, it is um, a game about uh, two uh, sisters, two uh, ponies who are uh, going through some uh, emotional adventure in their uh, fantastical world. Um, <clears throat> and uh, in terms of uh, game genre, it was uh, very close to uh, just 3D adventure with uh, sort of the qualities that you might expect uh, from, uh, well, I guess The Last of Us might be a good example. Naturally, we are talking about sort of cartoony characters, so maybe The Last of Us is not the perfect reference. But for me, just captured the feel and atmosphere I wanted to also add. I was uh, very into, and I actually am right, the, uh, right now, I'm very into the stories that have uh, kind of innocent characters in uh, as, as main characters, but that tell very adult emotional story. And that's the stuff that I wanted to make with uh, this project. And um, since this was a, like the first <clears throat> uh, like first steps in my path to game development, uh, I made a huge amount of mistakes and I also... Um, um, so th this is basically what uh, this um, this company is about. A little bit different is basically this uh, team who was working on this project. I started it by myself, but I recently, I mean, uh, I, in that time, uh, a lot of people uh, wanted to volunteer to help me out on this project. So this was also kind of my first project management experience when I didn't even think much about the fact that project manager is just completely different you know profession that has its own you know good uh, practices that i got to take account of i just thought that hey my goal here is to make a game and i didn't think much about organizing the process i just asked people you know to make some specific assets for me but i encountered just some basic uh, problems with uh, uh, team building with um, just uh, making sure that everyone has uh, enough, you know, rights in terms of uh, uh, the documents that they have access to, the information that they are presented. Uh, I uh, found out a lot about, uh, you know, just uh, emotional part of uh, managing a team. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it definitely was my, uh, like, very important goal to get this project uh, finalized. Uh, but uh, the fact that I has gone through uh, so many changes in my life, life while I was doing it and I learned so much, I just came to a realization that the uh, ambitions that helped me to create, you know, a demo with like all of the needed functions, uh, I mean, not even, I guess, vertical slice, just, just a demo, um, it... It was enough. I mean, my ambitions was enough for it, but but for making it a full product with a full story and stuff, uh, it definitely needed more um, just funds than just having um, volunteers and and me with you know um, sort of as a student to work on it. Uh, so that's why I uh, froze this project and I decided to come back to it uh, as soon as I make sure to secure the funding. And meanwhile, I uh, was <clears throat> on background. I was uh, looking into uh, more opportunities to optimize the production and uh, 
to sort of grab the ideas that sound like they can be realized within uh, reasonable time frames and the reasonable budget that I have on hand. Other than that, like for uh, uh, to to achieve. Uh, good enough quality often in game industry if we're not talking about some um, 2d platformers or like very you know basic pixel art kind of style uh, if we are talking about some um, 3d adventure storyline kind of game uh, most likely it's gonna need some reasonable budget and that's what i realized at some point and uh, i definitely am trying to help out any developer uh, that I know to not make the same mistakes that I have. Uh, But the good news is that uh, although I had this um, tough experience and the project isn't released yet, um, I had made a lot of friends and I had uh, made a lot of uh, great uh, skills. Uh, So... I started this project uh, before college and eventually I came to a Canadian college called Fenshaw where I learned uh, game development and uh, there I, uh, considering I had so many, so much experience before, I also was uh, teaching a little uh, my um, uh, the other students that uh, were studying with me. And uh, right now, I have a very close connection with uh, many of my colleagues, with the artists, with the managers, uh, and with the other departments, because I uh, know the pipelines quite well. And I've been a part of all this process, and I've worked on like modeling and art and uh, game design documents myself. So I understand this whole procedures very well, and that helps a lot in uh, what I do. Okay. What's your favorite thing about working in the gaming industry? Favorite thing, right? Yes. Oh, it's just definitely the fact that we can create worlds, you know. It's it's such an amazing feeling and it's sort of very humble, I guess, because, uh, you know, we talk so much about simulation. I mean, like we, like even like Elon Musk and many other people brought up just the question of if we are in simulation and stuff. And uh, many people just talk about it in sort of way how they know metrics, the movie. But when you're actually know how the games are made and you know all of the like rule sets, all of the uh, production that needs to be done to create all of it. And when you, you know, uh, get so much stuff done separately and just get it all together and, you know, get the uh, character, get the environment, get the animations and you get it all together and understand that this is literally the whole world you created. This is uh, the stuff that makes me very excited and um, it's um, <clears throat> it was uh, quite uh, natural for me to be very um, dreamlike in uh, in childhood when uh, a lot of stuff I mean a lot of time that I spent I was spent imagining and I had maybe maybe like Legos uh, we couldn't buy much Lego sets so I I uh, did uh, many different Lego um, uh, uh, like bu- builds, buildings, like uh, lots of different variations and created a story out of it. It was lots of fun and just understanding that right now, 
like I don't have just Lego. I have the full set to create the story that I have in mind. It makes me very excited, and I think that's definitely the best thing I uh, like about game industry. That's good. Yeah, definitely the gaming industry is it's unique compared to regular tech. Oh, yeah. So talking about regular tech, how does Room 8 and GSE salary compare to general tech? <laughs> well, I wish I had more experience to tell, I guess, but... Uh, I'm quite limited here. Like I, it's not like I had so many um, years of experience in various companies. So I guess I can't answer that one. Okay, fair enough. And how's the salary between roommate and GSC? Are they pretty similar, or does one pay more than the other? Oof, uh, it's it's quite similar. Yeah, can can tell much of that. It's very small variation, and it all uh, depends a lot on the position. And uh, it's just the fact that uh, roommate is outsourced and uh, GC is uh, mm, uh, a product company. Uh, there, there, there is just a lot of variation in how things are done. Uh, as as for like, I, I guess I may just tell about my position. Uh, I don't see much variation, uh, but uh, as for artists, I definitely can't tell because uh, I don't have much access to it. Uh, well, at least I didn't. Okay. So that's most of my questions done. I've got some fun generic questions now that are right. always nice to wrap the podcast up with. So obviously you started your own company, you're doing work on your own thing, and then you're working within a company like Roommate and then GSC as well before that. So would you rather run a 10-person company or a 1,000-person company, and why? Um, I'm not sure I got that. 10-person company or 1-person company? No, no, 10-person or a 1,000, 1,000-person company. Which company would you rather run, a 10-person or a 1,000-person? Ah, I see. Um, uh I guess if I, if I can uh, tell something other than yes and no, maybe I would limit the amount of people in the company till something like 100. I think 100 is a limit because when it's more than that, uh, the processes are extremely long and, and tedious. And, uh, and I feel like uh, from the stuff that I have in mind, it is possible to do that with like much smaller team. Uh, uh, so and like if I were to select between these two particular options, I guess I would rather take uh, a ten-person company as long as uh, it wouldn't affect too much just my financial capabilities. Okay. So, would you rather have? Five million. I'm gonna do it in US dollars. All right. Would you rather have five million upfront or half a million a year for the rest of your life, and why? Half a year f- for the rest of my life. Um. <clears throat> wait, is it a million and half a million? No, no. Five million US dollars ah, okay. upfront or half a million, so five hundred thousand US dollars a year for the rest of your life? Which one I guess, and why? I guess if I were to tell uh, answer this uh, like five years ago or something, I would take the five million. 
But considering I'm entering my uh, age where I want to uh, make sure the stuff is stable enough for me to have a family, I definitely would take the guaranteed uh, half a million uh, every year. Okay, fair enough. And favorite board game? Uh, let me think. I've played a bunch. Uh, considering I don't have many friends in Varso, it's kind of a shame I, uh, I don't have many opportunities to play. Uh, so I remember, um, I think I think the one that kind of captured my interest the most at the time was Hearthstone. And uh, I actually, uh, it was very fun to make like a, my variation of Hearthstone with like lots of jokes and such with, within my community. So I think that that one is the game I remember most uh, warmly. Okay, fair enough. And favorite video game? Uh, let me think. That one is tough because there are there were quite a lot of very cool games uh, that came out. I wish to tell uh, that it is The Last of Us, but there are two ifs, I, I guess. Because uh, first of all, I I'm uh, I'm not a fan of The Last of Us Two. I really didn't like where the the story has been going. Uh, I guess just just a little trivia. Uh, I liked The Last of Us 2 until the last part of the game uh, where I guess I can say Ellie came back because I, I thought that, hey, uh, this is too far and I didn't like the ending. Uh, and I'm actually a little... Like, I'm feeling like a hipster about uh, the new TV series because I'm, like, looking at how... Uh, how much hype is around it. And I'm like, hey, this is literally a game which was almost like a movie or a TV series. And it didn't feel like there is a lot of hype, you know, when it came out like like now is. So I'm, I'm just having hard feelings about it. So let, let me say just that uh, I guess the, the game that made me the most inspired in my life is The Last of Us, the first one. <clears throat> and that's for maybe something. Uh, I guess I might ma- also mention uh, just Assassin's Creed. I'm not a big fan of the later ones, but uh, it is also a quite a special, uh, important franchise to me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying the Last of Us TV show. Are you not enjoying it, or you just don't? I'm a big fan of the gameplay, and I actually just played it for the gameplay, uh, like a, a lot of stuff, a lot of times after uh, after the story. Uh, and I'm, I love the smoothness of it, the quality, the attention to detail. But I'm just so heartbroken about the story because it didn't feel right. Okay, and. Which video game are you looking forward to? Because you're a gamer. There must be yeah. some video game you're looking forward to. Let me think. There was one that I was quite excited about. Mm. Hmm. Let me think. Uh, I think it was some sequel. Uh, not sure. Uh, the, the first thing that comes to mind is I would like to see how the Hogwarts Legacy gonna turn out. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the only one I remember. To be, honest. I mean, other than that, Stalker Two, I was very excited about. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. Well, it's coming out. It came out today, the deluxe edition. My wife's mm-hmm. really pumped for that. Her copy is coming tomorrow, the deluxe edition, and the regular edition comes out on Friday. It does look pretty good, to be fair. So I'm definitely going to have a go as well. I'm not yeah. as big of a fan as my wife for Harry Potter, but right. it looks good. Uh, I'm going to say it does look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope uh, uh, the managers over there were not too harsh about the uh, the deadlines because if they decided to have the same situation that ended up with the cyberpunk, I'm really sad about that. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have the latest PlayStation. Mine is the fourth one, and uh, it's a little also kind of sad that I can't get it on the PlayStation 4. No, I, I think you can get Hogwarts Legacy on PS4. I, I think it should come out like in April or something like that. Oh, like is, there, is there a delay? Is it not coming out straight away? Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why I was very skeptical to the quality of it because, yeah. Oh, speaking of, like, I played uh, um, Horizon, uh, the new one, Forbidden West, and I definitely am excited about the next one. It turned out much better than I expected. Yeah, I, I need to play Horizon 2. I, I started it on man a couple of hours into it. I need to get back to playing it. I'm in the middle of playing Dead Space. I've restarted right. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because Jedi Survivor is coming out. That was that uh, the one that I was thinking about. I'm really excited about the new one. Yeah, Jedi Survivor. It's a shame yeah. they delayed it, but it's only a month, so that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Plus, they, they are working on the top of already, like, well well done uh, engine stuff. So, I think the second one should turn out awesome. Yeah, I think the second one, I'm hoping and I've got hope that it will overall be on a higher level than the first one. Right, right. Yeah. So, next question. Does money buy you happiness and why? Hmm... I, I think the most appropriate answer is it depends on the type of person. Um, basically, if you know what to do with this money, yeah, it may help, it may um, give you happiness, but it still would be forged by your own hands. Uh, but as a general answer, I guess I, I can say no, uh, because it's not about the money. Uh, I mean, it depends on different people, but I'm pretty sure the people who are just, you know, uh, thinking and telling that um, I'm just just having money and like, you know, having, uh, you know, always like enough of whatever you want uh, would make me happy. I guess it may, but quite temporary, because if you don't have some higher aspirations, uh, it definitely would may uh, might as well be the end of your life, this money. Okay. And what does a good life mean to you? Uh, good life to me means a, a family that loves you, being proud for what you've done with your family and how you've spent your life. Pretty Simple, much. but true uh, those are definitely <laughs> yeah. very very important I mean, things pursuing your dreams but i guess that might be covered by just 
being proud of what you do. Yeah. Sometimes, unfortunately, dreams might come in your way of doing the right thing. Mm. And uh, I think people may be... Uh, uh, I kind of would bet that people in the end would uh, remember something that they sacrificed and tell that that, w- that was worth it. Yeah, for sure. And final question, what advice would you give as a project manager, especially to someone that's looking to follow in your footsteps, you know, do something similar? Because you work for two big gaming companies and, you know, both times you've been some sort of in a managerial role from the start. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give? Mm, let me think. Uh, yeah, the for everyone, the path is quite different. But if I were to suggest something very, like, related to how I did my stuff, uh, basically, uh, oh, here we go. I think this one might be very useful. Uh, when you're thinking of um, going into some profession or learning something new, uh I I would suggest instead of having a goal of learning something new, selecting a goal of I want to make this. And for me, it was I want to make the stuff that I have in my hand. I, I have in my head about like specific game. And I want to make just this game. When when you just select a goal of um, learning something, I I believe that most times it is extremely unuseful uh, because um, this goal wouldn't keep you going for long enough. When you encounter like many difficulties in learning something new, uh, you would feel like uh, you're not doing a good job and you would not be able to understand if you're doing a good job more or less objectively. But when you select a plan for example but like it can be used for many different things but if i were to have an example of uh learning a language i would suggest instead of um, having a goal of learning a language i would suggest uh planning on a trip or to some specific country where this language is used uh or some um finding a job there or finding a friend there uh, or if we're talking about uh, project management, if you want to uh, learn how to organize things, just find something to organize, basically. Like it's not up, it's uh, the, the stuff that you might read in the internet, for example, about like different systems of uh, like practices and project management. It wouldn't help you a lot because, I mean, I don't think it would help you at all because um, you'd, wouldn't have enough context to understand what to do with it and you also wouldn't be able to do anything with it because you don't have a project yet Uh, so find something you want to create or find something that your friends uh, want to create and just help out with organizing that and uh, when you'll be encountering just the questions of what is the best approach to organize like this part or do this part uh, this is the place where it is a good way, a good time to use Google and trying to find uh, mm, uh, some good practices uh, to use. Um, uh, just having 
just going to some courses or school also definitely is a good approach. Uh, but I think the most effective one is uh, selecting your goal uh, other than learning. Just goal of what you want to do this with, with uh, these skills. Definitely good advice. So that's it for all my questions. Really appreciate you, know, you coming on the podcast. And you know, it's been a great one. Discussed a lot of you know, great topics. <laughs> And Great. is there any closing comments that you want to make before we wrap up? Mm, let me think. I had this uh, good thing in mind. Uh, basically, I just hope everyone pursues their dreams, which are not related to violence. Uh, and I think um, this is very. This is this is the most important thing: is not to earn money, but just to pursue what you think is meaningful and being honest to yourself so hope everyone who listens to this podcast um, gets much better at what they do and uh, find what gives them meaning if they didn't yet for sure definitely okay so thank you alexander for coming on to the podcast really appreciate it it was a great one and everyone listening Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode of FireDev with great industry employees. And if you like the podcast, you know, subscribe to it on your chosen platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever it is. Give it a five-star rating and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot.